Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast, episode number 72, focusing on problems versus focusing on solutions with Kate Ellertson. My name is Jesse Ellertson and I am a certified life coach and a military wife who is in the trenches of life with each of you. This podcast is for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of deployments and frequent trainings, but want to improve the experience that they are having in the process. If you are ready to thrive while your husband is away, then you are in the right place. Our battle buddy moment for this episode is a Facebook review from Jennifer Powell Freeman. And she says, when talking with Jesse, you feel safe and can really talk about anything. She makes you feel important and loved. I loved her class because I was able to learn new things about myself and meet new friends. It was a great experience. Thank you so much for that review, Jen. I have such a special guest for you guys today. I'm really excited to have her on the podcast. My daughter, Kate Ellertson, is here. Welcome, Kate. Kate, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm going to be 11 years old tomorrow. Happy birthday! (laughs) I really like reading and doing math and other stuff like that. You're not excited about your birthday or anything, are you? I am. (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing for your birthday? Tomorrow we are taking a plane that my dad is flying just to Oregon for a couple hours and then we're going to come back. So we're just copying what we did for Bruce's birthday, huh? Uh Uh-huh. But it's very special. Yes. (laughs) What grade are you in? I'm in fifth grade. Okay, great. Well, welcome to the podcast. We're excited to have you. Okay, before we get into what we're talking about today, I just want to take a quick minute to remind you to go check out milligram.co, which is an incredible subscription service that you guys can sign up for when your loved one is deployed, and it makes it so easy for you to get photos to your loved one while they're away from home. You basically receive a unique phone number that you can text pictures to, and you decide how many you want to send in at any given time and... Also, the frequency that the pictures will get printed, whether that's twice a month or once a month, and that's it. You just text your pictures in, and Milligram will print them and mail them wherever your loved one is, deployed or in training, and then you'll know that they're getting that piece of home on a regular basis, and it's just one less thing for you to have to really worry about. As you know, that when we know that our loved ones are taken care of, that gives us that peace of mind that we need. So if you haven't already, go check it out at milligram.co. That's M-I-L-I-G-R-A-M dot C-O. Okay, so what we are going to talk about today with Kate and get her expert opinions and advice on is... What happens when we focus on problems versus what happens when we focus on solutions? Now, there's two areas in life that I see that we can apply this in. And it's basically when you're in a challenging set of circumstances and you focus on the problems of those circumstances versus the focusing on the solutions. Or if there's something big and awesome that you're trying to accomplish. So basically, you're going to create challenging circumstances for yourself in that moment. So those are kind of the two things that we're going to take a look at today. So it's important to understand that whatever we're focusing on gets bigger. So in this particular topic, when we focus on the problems of a situation, the problems and challenging parts of a circumstance, those challenging parts get bigger and feel more heavy and overwhelming. And it makes it even harder to see any possible solutions when we're focused on the problems. 
And the reason that this happens is because when we're focusing on something, we're tasking our brain to find evidence to prove that whatever we're focusing on is true and the most important thing happening in any given moment. So when you combine that with the fact that our brains have a negative bias, that makes it very easy to indulge in focusing on problems. So basically what having a negative bias means is that with no extra effort on our part and with no extra intentionality or guidance, our brain will find problems and focus on them. So there's that. (laughs) I'm going to tell you about an example with a client of mine, and then we're going to get into a fun example from Kate. And she's going to, she's going to share it with you. And then I'm going to coach her on it a little bit. So I recently had a client who was feeling very trapped in her current circumstances. She felt like there were no solutions because she needed one thing to create the other thing, but she needed that thing first and she didn't have either thing. And I'll give you some specifics here in a minute. What we called it throughout our coaching session was kind of a chicken and the egg situation where you need a chicken to lay eggs, but you need eggs to get a chicken, right? And another funny thing that this reminds me of is from this very ridiculous movie called Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. You like this movie, don't you, Kate? My dad showed this to my kids a little while ago, and they couldn't get enough of it. But it's very silly, and there's this part in the beginning when they're wanting to be rock stars, Bill and Ted, and they're like in high school, and they're mulling over their problem of wanting to be rock stars but not being famous yet. And so they said, well, if we want to be famous, we need a great music video. No, a triumphant music video, right? Do you remember this part? Do you want to tell the rest? I don't really remember it, but, okay. I, but I, I don't know what it says, but I remember it. Okay, so they said, if we want to be famous, we need to make a triumphant music video. And then they said, but if we want to make a triumphant music video, we need Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> but we can't get Eddie Van Halen until we're famous, and we can't be famous till we have a music video. And, we can't. and it was just this whole cycle. So that's a joke that we'll make when we're in this kind of chicken and the egg scenario. But we need Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, he's just a rock star. I don't know. Okay, so with my client, her situation was she needed money. And to get money, she needed a job. And to be able to have a job, she needed a car. But to get a car, she needed money. So she was kind of in that Eddie Van Halen cycle. (laughs) And she was swimming in her problems. And she saw no solutions. And so I, in our coaching session, I had her tell me everything she was thinking, really just do a great brain dump about what her brain had come up with of why her problems were so big and insurmountable and all the reasons why there were no solutions. And then we got to work and we started to put things in models and we took a look at what was really happening and how everything in her circumstance line was actually just completely neutral And her thoughts were the only thing that were making it mean anything one way or another. And that her current thoughts about her current circumstances were terrible. She was having terrible thoughts about the fact that she didn't have a job, didn't have a car, and didn't have money. And those thoughts were what were creating her feelings and her actions and her results. And then what's so cool is once you really settle into that space, realizing that You're not feeling terrible because you don't have a car and because you don't have money and because you don't have a job. You're feeling terrible because of the way you're thinking about it. Once she wrapped her mind around that and we were able to find 
her most painful thought that was really creating the overwhelm for her and really making her feel like her problems were just crushing her, then we could move on to the intentional model where we say what you're currently creating for yourself is this overwhelming situation and feeling where your problems feel like more than you can handle. And what you want to be creating for yourself so then we, when we go to the new model, we start at the bottom, actually. We start in the result line and we say, what result do you want to be creating? And you can put anything you want in the result line. That's the magic of the result line. So her current results were literally what was in her C line. She was holding still and wasn't accomplishing it, anything that she was wanting to accomplish. She still had no car, no job, no money. So rather than putting that in her desired result line, we put what she wanted in her desired result line, which was a job and a car and a certain amount of money and a timeline. So we set it for about a month that within a month she was going to have all three of those things. And when we first wrote this, she was skeptical. <laughs> she could see that her thoughts were what were making her feel terrible and not what was in her circumstance line, but it was hard for her brain to open up to this space where she could create all those things for herself in a month. But slowly we worked through it and we worked up the model. So after we filled in her desired result line, then we went up to what would you need to be doing? So we went up to her action line. What would you need to be doing in this next month to create this result for yourself? Because she was so focused on her C line and that, and in her mind, her C line was very negative instead of being neutral and thinking about what her thoughts were. So when you start at the bottom and work your way up, you're, you're flipping the problem on its head and looking at it in a new way. And I said, what would you need to be doing to create this result for yourself? And we went through that for quite a while. We really filled out that action line in depth. And then when we felt like we had all the actions there that she would need to take in order to create those three important things for herself, I asked her, what would you need to be feeling to take all these actions? Because her feeling in her current model was overwhelm. And from overwhelm, she was just frozen. She wasn't taking hardly any action. And we came up with the thoughts and feelings that would fuel her to create all of this for herself, to take the actions required to achieve those results. And she kept the same C line to start. Her current C line stayed the same of no job, no car, no money. But then we, once you fill out that second model from bottom to top, and you can see with these current circumstances, if I start with the thought, because then once you're working the model, you start back at the top and work your way down once it's all full. And she could see once I start with the thought, which will then create the feeling for me, then I can take all this action that I want to be taking to then create this desired result for myself. And that's how we can flip a problem on its head. So in about an hour and a half's time, we were able to dissect her problem, get to the root of it, which is always the thought, <laughs> And then create a new plan of action in that second intentional model for how she was going to change her thoughts to create a new feeling, to drive the necessary action that would create the results that she so desperately wanted to create and were currently feeling impossible to her in her current model. And it was one of my most amazing sessions I've experienced to this point because it was a complete transformation for her. And we had this session near the end of October. And so she set her deadline for 
by Thanksgiving. She wanted to accomplish these things. And I'm so happy to report that she did it two days before Thanksgiving. By that Tuesday of the week of Thanksgiving, she had a job and a car and some money in her savings, just as she had designed because we were able to create that plan of action and then the thoughts and feelings that she needed to fuel it. It was so cool to watch. So now it is our guest Kate's turn to share an experience she had with us and we're going to apply some of these principles to it and I'm going to teach you guys a strategy that is super easy to apply and makes this problem seem much more manageable of focusing on problems. Do you remember a few weeks ago when you had that really overwhelming evening? Yes, I do. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Tell me what happened. So the day before, me and mom were getting our braces tightened, and I got my last two baby teeth pulled. So those gums were, like, fresh, so they hurt, so I couldn't eat very much, and my teeth were sore from my braces. And I still had to do my chores the next day, and I was just overwhelmed from school, and nothing tasted good, but I was really hungry, and I just, and all I wanted to do was go to bed. So you were hungry and tired and in pain and you felt like you had a lot you needed to do and all you wanted to do was go to bed. Yes. I think that we can all relate to that feeling. That is just (laughs) a day in the life of a human being, right? I mean, it's no fun and it doesn't happen every day, but it happens, right? Yep. So I found Kate in the kitchen. That was her chore for that day was cleaning the kitchen just swimming in her overwhelm and doing something that comes quite easily to Kate, which is being super caught up in her problems. Is that something that you struggle with just a little bit? Yes. Yeah. You're a very happy and capable and talented woman. Woman. (laughs) Turning 11 tomorrow. But you do struggle with not being able to see past an obstacle. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's something that we're working on, which is why I wanted her to join us on this podcast today. Yeah. So Kate and I were able to talk for a little while and get her calmed down. And she shared with me some of the thoughts she was having. And they were terrible. She was having some terrible thoughts about what needed to happen, which was making her feel... Terrible things. Terrible. Yes. And when we feel terrible, our problems feel twice as big as they actually are. Yeah. Because... No one problem you were experiencing was that big or that bad. It was just combining them all together mm-hmm. and then doubling their size with terrible thoughts. Mm-hmm. That was making you feel very overwhelmed. Because I had really good mashed potatoes that day, and I didn't have a lot of work to do, and I had a good day at school, even though it was kind of stressful. Yeah, yeah. And then that night it all just piled up. Yep. So here's the tool I want to teach you guys that I helped Kate implement that night. And it is a tool called... Obstacles and strategies. Ah, yes, I remember now. No, you don't. (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) I didn't tell you what the tool is called when I worked you through it. I just helped you do it. (laughs) Okay, so the first step you take, this is a little bit like what I described with my client when I was working her through a coaching session, but you can use this in a a smaller, simpler way, particularly with a child (laughs) or yourself. So... If you're struggling or your child's struggling, you just have them list every single one of their problems very specifically, very broken down into specific problems. So Kate, tell me like the five problems you were dealing with that night 
one by one broken down. So not just like I was stressed, but what were each, what was each problem? My mouth was really hurting from the dentist. Okay. So she was having some pain, but I was hungry and you were hungry. Okay. That's another problem. And there wasn't a big number of what I could eat. So I was kind of stressed about that. Okay. And I still had to do my zone. Okay, so you had some tasks you had to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And school was a little bit stressful that day, so mm-hmm. I was just glad to go home, come home, and then I had to, like, I think I had to do piano and then go to gymnastics and then come home. Yeah, it was a busy day. Yeah, it was, it was a Wednesday. Very busy day. And you were tired. I was very tired. Because it was a little later than usual when you were doing your chores, a little later than usual because of gymnastics. Yep. Okay, so that's that's four problems. And another thing I meant to point out here that I, I didn't make a special point of, I love using the word obstacles instead of problems because obstacles are so finite. It's an obstacle is completely tangible and overcomable. I'm going to read you the definition for the word obstacle. It is a thing that blocks one's way or prevents or hinders progress. Whereas the word problem can be more elusive and vague, right? But an obstacle is something that, okay, every obstacle has a solution. I just love that word obstacle. So we've got four obstacles for Kate and I helped her see, okay, when, when they were all lumped together in her head, she just felt like she was having the worst night ever and that it sh- you know she shouldn't have to do these things and it shouldn't be so hard and she shouldn't be in so much pain and she should be able to just go to bed and it was all just swimming around in her head. But when I helped her slow down and isolate each of the four obstacles she was dealing with, then we had a really clear picture of what was what she was struggling with. And once you have that, then you can so easily come up with strategies to solve each obstacle. Okay, so let's take a look again at those four obstacles, Kate, and tell me what the strategy is that we came up with to solve each one. So start with the mouth pain. So I took an ibuprofen. And that can take a little time to kick in, but it did and it helped, right? Uh Now hungry. You were hungry. And you had tried to eat what we made for dinner and it wasn't working, so you were sad. So you couldn't eat what we made for dinner and so you were just hungry and frustrated. So what was the strategy we came up to solve that obstacle? We tried doing instant potatoes, but when I tried that, it didn't taste very good in the moment, but usually I like instant potatoes. So then every couple dishes I put away or something, I would have a couple bites of yogurt and that sat really well and it felt good. And you weren't in the mood to eat yogurt, but I just made you eat it anyway because you needed food in your stomach so that you wouldn't be so hungry. And it did taste better than the potatoes in that moment. Yes, and that's one thing I like about looking at strategies is... When all the problems are just swimming around your head and you're not in the mood for yogurt, which was kind of the only really soft thing we had in our fridge right at that minute, then it feels like there's all problems and no solutions, right? But if you can isolate that one obstacle down to I'm hungry and I need to get food in my stomach right now, even if it's not my favorite food, even if I'm not thrilled to eat it, I just need food in my stomach, right? You had to solve that obstacle and your strategy was to eat something. And so we were able to go to the fridge and say whether you want to or not. I mean, I think I let you pick between yogurt and applesauce. And yogurt sounded better than yeah. applesauce that night. And then you just forced yourself to eat some yogurt, and it tasted okay. 
And then suddenly that obstacle was neutralized. Mm -hmm. So then you still had the work you had to do in the kitchen. So how did we solve that obstacle? Um, when we looked at it, I didn't actually have a lot to do because my dad was helping me like rinse all the dishes. So he had me put the actual dishes in the dishwasher and then I unloaded the other one and put away the clean pots and pans and then I was able to go to bed. Yeah. And another part about that obstacle was when you were thinking terrible things about your circumstances and feeling terribly and crying it's okay if I say that yeah it's fine you were struggling to do any dishes because you it was like you couldn't even move you were so upset and so stressed and so hungry and so tired that you weren't getting even the small amount of dishes that you needed to do done right so when we were able to calm you down figure out your four problems and get to work on them you were more capable and up to the task of just knocking out those dishes, right? Yeah. So that was the strategy there was to get you working better physically, which was coming along with solving the hunger and the pain. Okay, and then the fourth thing was that you were tired. So we needed to do this all very quickly because what is the strategy for that obstacle? Just going to bed. Going to bed. But you can't go to bed. I mean, I could have just said, don't worry, you don't have to do the dishes, but that's a really short-term solution to... Because uh, then I would have to do it in the morning. Yeah, you'd have to do it in the morning. Plus, you have to learn that even when you don't feel great, you got to get the work done, right? These are these are like life lessons we're teaching you. Because you might be, you know, at school or at work or doing something, and you don't just get to say, "I'm going to sit this one out. I'm not feeling good." You say, "Okay, I'm going to get these things done, and then I can go rest and take care of myself," right? So when we were able to isolate each obstacle, did it all start to feel smaller? Yes. And then when we were able to come up with very simple, very doable strategies for each obstacle, did all of your problems get even smaller? Yep. Was it like a magic trick? Mm, Kind of. (laughs) Well, anyway, I thought it was pretty magical. Yeah. And I watched all of your stress just melt off of you. Like, you guys, she was so upset that she was literally shaking. She was crying and shaking. And when we were able to calm her down and implement these strategies... She stopped shaking. She stopped crying. Her shoulders relaxed. And she just quickly got the work done and got into bed. And I remember as I was going to bed, um, my dad came, carried me up. And I, when I lay down, like 30 seconds after, I was asleep already. Oh, wow. I was so tired. So that was a pretty good learning experience for you, huh? Yeah. It can be so easy to get caught up in our problems but it doesn't help us solve our problems. (laughs) I want to share one more example with you guys of when I dealt with this in my life. I've shared this with you before, but I'm going to share it with you again because it is the moment that really changed everything for me in regards to my husband's most recent deployment. And it is what really sold me on mind management and life coaching. We were preparing for my husband to deploy And I had two babies. I had my four older kids and then I had, you know, an almost two-year-old and then like a six-month-old. And all I could see were problems. All I could see were obstacles. Everything looked so hard and I thought he's going to be gone for a year. And it was all just swimming around inside my head. These kids need so much from me and I don't have enough to give them. And my babies are so little and they just need me to hold them nonstop. And I still 
have things I want to do for myself and I need to run this house and keep everybody sane and help my kids get good grades and all my problems were just swimming around inside my head. Now I hadn't learned about this tool yet so I didn't apply it exactly the way I've taught you in this episode today but I will say that because I was focusing on my problems they got bigger for sure. I can see that now and I can see that they got so big that there didn't seem to be any solutions. It just seemed like we were just going to swim in problems for a year and then he would get home. He was the only solution and he was leaving. In that moment, that's what it felt like. He's the only person that raises these kids with me and he's leaving. He's the only person that helps me when I'm stressed and overwhelmed and he's leaving. And that was all I could see in that moment. But as I began to learn how to watch my thoughts and gain awareness around what was going on inside my mind and begin to manage my thoughts, I started to see this swarm of problems for what it was. I started to see that my negative biased brain had latched on to what was going to be hard about the upcoming year and made that seem like the only thing that was occurring in my life. And I had just heard my life coach, Jody mention this on her podcast and and talk about this concept of taking a problem and flipping it on its head and just looking at it in a new way and getting outside that place that you're currently stuck and getting outside the box, looking for solutions that you had never previously considered, looking at solutions that didn't currently seem possible to you, like helping your brain just open up to the fact that there for sure are solutions. I just need to see them and find them and create them, right? And because I could get my brain into that space in that moment, I started to open it up to the fact that even though it doesn't feel like there are solutions, I know there are solutions out there to this problem. It was in that moment, I can remember, I was scrolling on Facebook and I saw an ad pop up for having an au pair come live with you. I looked into it a little bit and thought, well, that's not quite right for me because it was about having you know a young woman come live with you full time. Uh, so if you were like working full time, right, they would be your full time live in child care and you would pay them a certain amount and they would live in your home. And I thought, man, that would be amazing to have someone live here and help me with my kids and have that take place regularly, the whole deployment, and my brain just cracked open. So the au pair wasn't the right solution for me, but it just opened my mind up to the fact that there's a solution here, a solution I've never even thought of. I had never once considered hiring someone to help me or having live-in help or anything like that because even if even if the thought had creeped into my head, which there's, you know, there's a chance it sort of did, I would have just immediately shut it out to say, well, we don't have all that extra money. You know, who would I even find? Like it just would be immediately dismissed as an impossible, an impossible solution. But because my brain was open to solutions, I suddenly started to see solutions everywhere. And I saw, oh my goodness, if, if live-in care is the solution, I could put that in my R line, right? I could say, I want help while he's gone. And I want it to be live in care. And then I started to realize, oh my goodness, if someone lives with me, they don't have to pay rent and they don't have to pay bills and they don't have to pay for food. And I'm already paying for all those things. I don't have a lot of extra money to pay someone, but that's money already spent on, you know, food and bills and, and my mortgage, right? And if I, and I have a guest room and a guest bathroom, if I could find somebody who could live with me and help me with these two babies so that I can be more available to my four kids and so that I don't lose my mind, <laughs> when, 
It was just amazing to see my brain open up to the fact that Brad wasn't the only one that could help me in that hard moment because when he was the only one that could help me and he was leaving, I was in big trouble. And there were lots more obstacles that came up as I went towards solving this, right? And to creating this result for myself because I then had to go about and find the person. And I, you know, I found quite a few people and I interviewed people and I narrowed it down and I offered it to the person I wanted and she turned me down and I went and tried other people and they didn't quite work. And I went back to the first person and I, I offered it again. And I think it took three offers to get that first person that I wanted to come live with me. And uh, she was incredible. I have an episode about uh, my nanny, Amber, who lived with me the year my husband was deployed and changed our lives, saved our lives. It was everything. It changed everything because my brain was open to seeing solutions instead of being so, so, so focused on the problems. So go check out that episode to hear more about that. So like I mentioned in the beginning, another way you can apply this tool of identifying obstacles and then creating strategies from that list of obstacles is not just for dealing with current challenging circumstances, but also for when you're wanting to set a new big goal or create something awesome in your life. So for example, say you're wanting to save up for your family to go on a big, awesome vacation. And that can feel a little daunting because as of this moment, you know, you haven't saved the money and you don't have, you know, maybe a babysitter and you're not even sure where you're going to go and you have to make sure your husband can get time off. So there's all these obstacles that just immediately come up when it, when you want to go for something new and big and what you do is you just write down every single obstacle and you remind yourself that identifying these obstacles is the key to discovering all the steps I need to take to make this happen and so you break down those obstacles into individual obstacles make sure they're isolated and not lumped in with other problems and you say okay We have to figure out if my kids can get school off. We have to figure out if my husband can get work off. We have to save the money. We have to find somebody to take care of our animals while we're gone. We have to decide where we're going to go. We have to get passports. We have to, you know, you just really break it all down. And then once you have that list, you then just go right next to every single obstacle and write down the strategy that will overcome that obstacle, just like we did in those examples that I already gave you with overcoming those challenging circumstances in the way that you're thinking about them. And you're able to come up with that strategy for each obstacle. And the strategies can even be broken down into step-by-step so that you really just have a full-on to-do list of what needs to happen to create that. So for example, the obstacle of needing to get passports to go on this trip, right? That, that strategy might actually be broken down into a few different strategies, a few different steps to overcoming that obstacle, to completing that strategy of getting a passport for you, for your husband, for your kids, so that you guys can go on this family vacation. And the more you break it down, the more doable it becomes. So I want to talk about just a couple other things before we close this episode. One thing that I have been examining in my own life lately and helping my kids see is that it's really all about our attitude. And another way to say that is it's all about our thoughts. So it was fascinating to watch my client, that example I shared with you, and my daughter Kate, and that example I shared with you, and examples that come up in my own life 
when we're having a terrible attitude about something, we feel terrible. And we love to blame our circumstances for why we feel terrible when really it's all about our attitude and our thoughts. So an example I've seen recently in my life is my attitude when it comes to solo parenting. So my husband isn't deployed right now and he doesn't even have very many military commitments that he has to do right now except his just drill weekend and uh, he goes in about once a week to fly helicopters but he does fly for SkyWest Airlines and so he's gone about four days a week overnight three nights three nights a week he's gone three nights four days so uh, we're adjusting to this schedule we've been doing it for several months now and I'm getting used to lots of solo parenting. (laughs) And when I have a good attitude about solo parenting, the burden of it is lighter and I enjoy it more and my kids enjoy me more and I like how I show up better. But when I'm not careful, my attitude gets pretty terrible and I start to resent what I have to do and I start to get stressed and angry and I resent my husband sometimes that he's gone so much. And one thought that comes up for me when I'm in this terrible attitude place that was the main problematic thought for my client in that example that I shared with you earlier was this is all so hard. This shouldn't be so hard. That's a really painful, poisonous thought because what we're experiencing should be hard. Life is 50-50. If we're doing great, awesome, big, exciting things, it should be 50% hard and 50% easy. And our lower brain's favorite lie to offer us is this shouldn't be so hard. And that is that takes us straight to that place of having a terrible attitude and feeling terrible about our current circumstances. So it's important to really acknowledge and show your brain that it's never our circumstances that are making us feel terrible our tasks, our responsibilities, that's never the problem. The problem is our thoughts and the attitude that we have about our tasks and responsibilities. And one final way to look at this is I frequently have my clients come to me telling me that they're so exhausted from their current challenging circumstances. And when we're able to dig into it a little bit, we are almost always able to see that what is exhausting them is not their circumstances. What is exhausting them is their resistance to their circumstance or their attitude about their circumstance or the way that they are processing their circumstance. And that's so powerful to know because then we can let go of thinking that our circumstances need to be any different for us to feel less exhausted. We want to be less exhausted and the way that we solve that is thinking about our circumstances in a new way, in a less exhausting way. That night that Kate was struggling, she was so upset. She felt like she was just going to fall asleep right there and that there was no way she could do the dishes. But she wasn't exhausted by her mouth hurting and her needing to do the dishes and it being the time of day that it was. She was exhausted because she was thinking, I shouldn't have to do this. This shouldn't be so hard. This is unfair. It's all too much. Those, that was what was exhausting her. And once she was able to clean up even just a little bit the way she was thinking about her circumstances, she felt lighter. She had more energy. She was able to quickly complete her tasks and get in bed. So is there anything else that you want to add, Kate? No, I think that's okay. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Will you come back again? Probably. Awesome. So the mission for this episode is to apply this obstacle strategy tool the next time you're feeling just like you're drowning in in challenging circumstances. Just notice the way that you are focusing on the problems and that's making it harder to see possible solutions. When you realize you're experiencing that, do a thought download and make a list of every obstacle that comes up. Write out the obstacles in a list and then next to every obstacle, write the strategy that solves that obstacle. And once you have that list of strategies, then you have your plan. You have your roadmap for how you are going to get yourself out of these challenging circumstances that you're in, how you're going to overcome these obstacles. And alternately, if you are trying to set a big goal or create something awesome, you do the same thing. You just say, what is standing in my way of creating this amazing thing? And you make a list of that. And then you make a list of every single strategy that overcomes that obstacle, that solves for that obstacle. And then you go about just knocking it out one strategy at a time because you've got your plan. You've got your roadmap for how you're going to create that big thing. So go apply this tool in your life. See how awesome it is. And then tell me about it. I would love to hear from you and hear about the experiences that you're having applying these tools that I'm teaching you. Make sure that you are following me on Facebook or Instagram at Simply Resilient Life Coaching. And I'd love to hear from you there as well. We're going to wrap up this episode with a hot mess moment that goes along with the Christmas season. So this is when Jane and Maren were babies and Maren was probably six months old and Jane was probably, you know, a year and a half old. And I was living in San Clemente, California with my parents while Brad was at basic training and AIT. So he was gone for about four months from when Maren was about two months old until she was about six months old. So he was almost done with training at this point. He got home just a little bit before Christmas. But my cousin was there too and his wife and they had a baby and we went up to this little street festival, a Christmas little street festival on Del Mar and they were letting you get pictures with Santa for free, which was so fun. They had this cute little Santa and Mrs. Claus set up with this beautiful background and they were going to, they take a picture for you and print it and give it to you right there, which was way cool. And then they had a bunch of other stuff going on in the street. So we walked up and down the street and enjoyed lots of things. Then we saw the line getting really big for Santa. So we're like, well, let's go get in that line and get our picture. And we had the girls, I had my girls dressed up cute and they were, my cousin was there and they had their baby and we're waiting in the line and moving our way through. And it's taking quite a while. I mean, everyone was very excited about getting a free picture with Santa And I didn't think I was going to even be at the street festival very long. And so I had walked up with my girls in the stroller and I hadn't brought a diaper bag or anything, which is crazy. Why did I leave the house with two babies and no diaper bag? But somehow I didn't have any extra diapers. I don't quite remember the scenario, but the line's taking longer than I think. And my girls are getting hungry. And I know that um, Jane's diaper is getting really full. But I just think, oh, we're almost there. We're getting so close. I can see the front of the line. I can see where Santa and Mrs. Claus are sitting. And I just think, okay, we can do this. We can do this. And I'm just trying to get through this last, you know, 10 minutes in line without any meltdowns from my hungry girls or Jane's diaper leaking. It was just full of pee, you know. And we're just a few people away. And I just feel 
her pants get wet because she'd just gone to the bathroom one more time and the diaper couldn't handle it. And I thought, oh no. So the only thing I had in the stroller was a, this pink blanket and she was in the cutest clothes, like a little red shirt and khaki pants. And Hannah was in these little red PJs and they just both looked so cute. And I had done their hair and whatever. I was excited to have them get this picture. So I just wrapped the pink blanket around Jane's middle because we had waited this long in line. I was not getting out of line. I was not missing out on this picture with Santa. And it was, a, you know, a thick enough blanket and it just, it worked. We made it work. And I just set Jane right on Santa's lap with the blanket wrapped around her and just said Merry Christmas. And we got our picture and it turned out so cute. And no one was the wiser that under that blanket, she was totally like soaking through her diaper. And that is my hot mess moment for you guys. I will share that picture with you on social media. So again, go check out Instagram and Facebook so you can see that. It's a super cute picture. So I'll share that a little closer to Christmas and reference this hot mess moment. And that is what I have for you guys today. Are you ready to take what you are learning here to the next level? Then join me for resiliency training. This is my monthly coaching program that includes a private coaching session with me each month, along with weekly content and individual email support. Start anytime for just $100 a month and continue at that rate as desired with no obligation. We can all use a little help sometimes to get through the difficulties of military life, and that's exactly the boost this program will give you. Sign up on my website, simplyresilient.net. I can't wait to work with you.